Hey folks, it's uh, Tuesday morning. Thanks for clicking play on this episode. Coming up in this episode, I, uh, I, I wanted to get some Steelers draft thoughts out there ahead of the draft on uh, Thursday. And then uh, I thought of something last night as I was watching the uh, what turned out to be the final game of the Celtics Net Series. Came up with a team of select individuals that I wanted to share. So got kind of both those two things some other nba thoughts in this episode again thanks for listening and uh coming up right after this we'll get into some steelers thoughts all right so first off some steelers draft thoughts here um this is one of the more intriguing drafts obviously each draft has its own um things that you look for and excitements and and the hope that you possess at that draft time each year but there's a there's a certain difference in the draft this year for the Steelers because it is the first one post Ben and for a long time that's loomed over the franchise that they've had their quarterback uh, for a long time they had a receiver um, whether it was Heinz Ward or Plaxico Burris or um, Antonio Brown before he lost his mind or um, even running back they had for a while um, and it seems that now they've addressed that uh, you know going from Jerome Bettis to uh, then we had Le'Veon there for a little while um, and, and now it looks like one of those positions is locked down um, of those key three on offense with Najee. But past that, I would say there's a lot of uncertainty still in the air for the Steelers on offense. Uh, I'm really not looking forward to them paying Deontay Johnson close to $20 million. That, to me, seems a little uh, crazy for a guy that has certainly uh, faded as the season's gone on the last couple of years and for a guy that has had very pronounced issues dropping the ball. When it comes to Chase Claypool, I hate to sort of rag on a Golden Domer, but the uh, former standout at Notre Dame really has shown some rough patches, and I'm consider me more out than in on Claypool at this point. If somebody offered a, a good enough deal where that would open up the possibility of Claypool leaving, I, I for one, would not be terribly uh, bummed about that. He certainly has the physical traits to be a standout number one wide receiver. And he uh, showed some playmaking ability that first season. Last year it was a little too um, up and down, and it still rubs me the wrong way how he handled the end of the Vikings game of last season where he got up and was all about showboating and showing off the fact that he just made a catch and he got a first down and did the thing where he points. And uh, me personally, I'm I'm out on that. I want somebody who's going to, know what's going on Juju was great in that sense that he had a great awareness and understanding of where the team was not only in the game but in certain drives and uh, so I'm not set on Claypool and Deontay at the receiver position which leads me to my focus for the draft I I would love if they went with the receiver early Um, if not the first round then I think certainly the second round. I don't think you can go into the third round having not addressed that position, uh, especially when you know that not only do you have to pay Deontay Johnson now, but you're going to have to pay Claypool soon. I believe it's after this season. Uh, and so, you know, if if one of those guys is is not your one, and it certainly seems like they're going to pay Deontay to be that number one type receiver, uh, you've got to start finding, if not a top guy, then somebody who can fill out that sort of, trio of receivers for a developing offense. Uh, So I'd like to see them address the receiver position early. 
Uh, I think then I'd go with the secondary. I think the secondary has just been at times abominable the last few seasons, and I don't think they did much to address it in the offseason. Uh, they got some guys that can play the position. They've got some guys that, uh, that have talent, certainly, but I think are a little hit and miss. And uh, I think I would love for them to go secondary fairly early as well. I think for me personally, the next position I would want them to target is center. Uh, now, this does not have to be in the early rounds because I think they have some guys absolutely this year. They brought in uh, Mason, Mason Cole and, and James Daniels to uh, fill some spots on the offensive line with a lot of younger guys. They found something in Dan Moore in the draft last year, and I still have faith that Kendrick Green can be a solid uh, producer on that offensive line. But I think finding a legitimate, touted center out of the draft, maybe third round, maybe fourth round, you're kind of taking a flyer on any of those later rounds. So maybe somebody uh, to, to at least compete at the center position going into camp. Uh, certainly getting younger at the position as well because with those off-season signings, um, those guys have been solid for other teams, but they're not the youngest dudes. Um, Mason Cole is, uh, you know, looking it up now, 26 years old. So, you know, he, he's not ancient by any means. But uh, it would be nice to get some young blood in there and, again, compete at the very least. That's the way I kind of see the Steelers hoping they'll go with those, I guess, sort of general positions with wide receiver, secondary, and then center. I think something interesting to look at, too. I think Benny Snell is due for a contract coming up here soon. So taking another flyer on a running back, that has not gone well in recent years. In the later rounds, Najee was a hit last year in the first round. But recent years with Benny Snell and uh, Anthony McFarland, those guys are not the answer. So I was I was into Benny Snell. I, I thought that was a good pick at the time. Um I'm not sold on him as a competent backup, so it would be nice to maybe get even a pass-catching running back. Uh, pluck one in the later rounds. There's plenty of good options at the back end of the draft. Let's see if we can get somebody to maybe compliment Najee, give him a break on third downs, more of a passing down, and uh, not only give Najee a breather, but get a different style of running back. Maybe not the um, bruising pass-catcher that Najee is, but somebody who's a little more swift and agile and more of a complete pass-catcher first and foremost. And then there's the talk of the quarterback, because all that I've said to this point will be moot come Thursday night. I truly believe they're going to take a quarterback with the first first round pick. Um, I am not... Don't love the idea. I don't think that it's the way to go in a draft that has certainly has no guys that are perceived to be for sure franchise cornerstone quarterbacks I think there's a lot of speculation and hope and wishing that the ceilings prove to be high for this quarterback class coming out this season I put in my notes here that I wanted a QB only if it was perfect and that meant not only the pick but the player I certainly don't want to see them reaching for a quarterback and my stances on the quarterbacks have sort of shifted over the last few weeks and months but um, I, I pretty much am of the opinion that I think they're going to go with Malik Willis. 
I think that uh, assuming he drops, that'll be who they take. Mike Tomlin has sounded over the moon with him. He's six foot, 220. My biggest issue, I think, with Malik Willis is his pass completion percentage. He was playing not up to the level of competition that some of these other guys coming out played to in college, and his completion percentage was not noteworthy. Um, he certainly is a runner, which you need in today's NFL. you got to have somebody who's mobile. Goodness knows Steelers fans know that maybe more than most other franchises after watching Ben the last few seasons. So that would be a nice change of pace, get a guy with some wheels on there. But I think they're going to go with Malik Willis. I would love if they went with Desmond Ritter. I think with this QB class, Desmond Ritter is sort of the prime prospect in the sense that what you see is what you might get, but there's a chance that he could be much more. And so taking a guy like him in the second round, to me, would make more sense than reaching for one of these other guys just because they're there, just because they could have good potential um, with the first-round pick. I was in on Kenny Pickett at one point. Eh, I think his ceiling is maybe substantially lower than some of these other guys. Uh, He's older, but I think also there's not much more room for growth with him. Maybe with his hands, but that's probably it. Um, And then Matt Corral, maybe. Mm, A little bit more of a a runner. Um, I don't love that, though. I've been prone. Not that I watched a ton of him, but I've been prone to thinking of Johnny Manziel, flashy, passing-based offense, dealing with a just, I don't know, kind of not, not totally in on Matt Corral. And the last one is, is Sam Howell, who I know others have been fond of. I've called him Mitch Trebaker Mayfield for over a year, which is ironic now that my team employs Mitch Trubisky, but uh, I'm, I don't want Sam Howell. Other draft thoughts. I like anybody from Georgia or Alabama. Those schools just pump out NFL prospects. So if that's the way they go with a first-round pick, can't be mad about it. Um, even later in the draft, if it's a guy from Georgia or Alabama, automatically they get the benefit of the doubt from me. Um, I've gone back and forth on the idea of Jordan Davis falling to the Steelers at, at first-round pick, 20 overall. That'd be cool. He seems like a freak in a good sense and that he's tremendously athletic for a dude as big as he is. I'd be in on that. I don't, I don't know that he's going to fall that far, but he certainly would be the... Um, guy that ties this generation of terrific defensive line play a la Cam Hayward to the next generation, whatever that's going to be. Ultimately, my pick prediction, I think they'll go with Malik Willis. I think he's going to fall to them. I think that is who they want. I think that's who Mike Tomlin really, really grew fond of. And I think uh, that'll kind of be the right place, so the Steelers think and the right time to do it. He's in the he's in the setting where he can learn from a couple guys who have been in the league a little longer than him. Um, it seems that uh, Mitch Trubisky can run, and so maybe Malik Willis can learn a little bit from a guy who is not a statue under center, um, like Mason Rudolph. And... Uh, I guess we'll see, but it, I'm starting to gear my brain towards looking at a Malik Willis, Najee Harris, um, 
tandem under center for the Steelers for the foreseeable future. All right, so I'm back. It's Tuesday night. It's been a long day. Uh, I am sitting here watching the end of Heat Hawks, and I uh, wanted to run through some NBA playoff thoughts going series by series. Um, looks like the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves are wrapping up the third quarter, too, with the uh, Timberwolves ahead by 13 as I record this, wrapping up the third. Um, so I wanted to take it series by series. So I wanted to start with the Suns and the Pelicans, uh, and I'll make this quick. That series is on too late. I haven't seen anything. All I know is that uh, poor Chris Paul, because it seems like this was the year for the Suns to kind of coast through the Western Conference and get to the finals and give him a chance at redemption after last season's finals loss, but doesn't seem like that's going to be coming to fruition uh, because they suddenly look really vulnerable. Um, it, it made me wonder, is Booker fragile? Um, which is incredibly unfair after the season that he had where he was a potential MVP candidate and he had such a good season. Um, but it just, this is admittedly no research being done. It just seems like he has had some injury moments where he has not been available. Um, not necessarily in the playoffs, but uh, just it seems like he's missed some time here and there. <clears throat> And, uh, so yeah, it, it seems in recent years that he's, he's missed a, you know, not a tremendous amount of games, but that he's, he's missed some time and, um, fragile is not the right word, but it does tend to lead to some concern when he's, uh, he, only 25 years old. I guess he's put some miles on his body, um, on his NBA body coming in at 19 to the league, but, um, yeah, just wondered about him and, and his durability. And again, poor Chris Paul. But uh, other than that, haven't seen any of the series. It's 2-2 at the time of this recording. It's a it's a West Coast game. New Orleans, I guess. Um, West Coast game, I haven't seen much of that series at all. Um, by the way, they just showed Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler on the bench of this Heat-Hawks game. And uh, those two look really comfortable sitting there on the bench watching their team close out the series without them. Next series, uh, I mentioned earlier, Grizz and Timberwolves. Uh, I used to be sort of in on the T-Wolves right when they traded Kevin Love. I decided this was going to be my team. I was going to jump on their wagon um, when they really had no reason to jump on the wagon. And uh, I'm, that's not the case anymore. Um, but again, I haven't seen much with uh, these late start times. I'm out on Carl Anthony Towns. That was one of the reasons I no longer rode with the T-Wolves. I just don't think he's... Uh, for the contract that he earns, I don't think that's warranted. Um, he's a very talented basketball player, but I don't think he's a number one on a basketball team. I, I don't know that he's a number two in the NBA. Um, but I do wish his team was on earlier so I could see more Anthony Edwards. That would be nice because he seems like he's uh, worth tuning in for. Warriors Nugs. Uh, Jokic's team isn't very good. So he's got some solid role players that you like to root for, but uh, his team is, is just not there to support him. It'd be interesting to see someday if we put Jokic on a team with another solid number two to see how that team might be able to hang um, with with some of these more elite title contenders. Because uh, Jokic is certainly worth tuning in for. He is absolutely a uh, uniquely talented basketball player who is just 
for me personally, and I'm sure for others, very enthralling to watch the way that he plays. Um, I do have a Warriors futures bet for the finals. I actually bet before the season on uh, Warriors Bucks to be to me in the finals. And uh, anyone who knows me knows that that bet was very very marginal. I think I placed a dollar on it. Um, but at thirteen to one odds, that's kind of cool that that is very much in play. And I think with each uh, certainly not Sunday, but with each passing game, uh, the Bucks look stronger and the Warriors with the emergence of Jordan Poole, um, look like very much a title contender. Jazz and Mavs, Luka's mesmerizing. Let's get that out of the way. He is very riveting to watch. It is something else to watch Luka be able to coordinate the strings on that Mavericks offense. And uh, it was interesting when the Mavericks performed very well without him and and actually won a couple games in this round. It made you think about, uh, does Luka sometimes become a black hole for this team on offense? And that, yes, it's mesmerizing to watch him control the offense and find the open guy, but also at times um, sort of uh, rock the cradle, dribble, 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 and then take a you know 33-foot step back, high-arcing jumper that, does go in, but is that not maybe a drain on an offense that could otherwise flow pretty fluidly? Um, other thoughts with Jazz Mavs. <clears throat> this is not a, a series that has been entirely uh, boring because there is the Luka factor, but this is not one that I've been very much into. I think the Jazz are a great regular season team <clears throat> and uh, maybe not the best postseason team. And Having said that, I am entirely scared that Rudy Gobert is destined for my new team that I root for, which is Charlotte. I just I've mentioned that to a to a buddy, and now I can't get that out of my head that he's just going to be the guy that the Hornets bring in to be their interior player, their rim defender, and uh, that is scary that he's coming to Charlotte. Uh, I'd certainly, from the Jazz, take Quinn Snyder as the coach of the Hornets, or um, throwing it out there at this point, Frank Vogel. Shore up that Hornets defense. Or, hey, Jay Wright, come on down, Queen City. Heat Hawks again. Trey Young is fun. This series is the one I'm probably least interested in. Me and Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry were all very much ready for the series to be over. Celts Nets. So I watched most every minute of every game of this series. It helped that this was uh, an East Coast series to where I could probably watch most of every minute of every game. The Nets are a train wreck. Uh, Kyrie had a quote today about how he and Katie are going to manage the team with the GM and the coach. Um, <clears throat> I, I have no idea why Steve Nash signed up for this. I don't know why you'd want to bother trying to coach two guys who are very comfortable comfortable running a YMCA slash rec league slash hoops in the park type of offense. Your turn, my turn, get out of the way, try to come up with something. I hope Steve Nash gets fired for his own sake. I just free Steve Nash. Um, this was, I think, Tatum's reckoning series. He looked so good. He looked like a uh, like we had last postseason was Giannis kind of coming out and showing that he was a potential NBA legend going down in the history books, and it it certainly looked like. Tatum was kind of a transcendent player in this series as well in terms of defense, 
his offense, his just the faces he was making across the court at Kyrie, at Durant, the the fu faces. I'm here. I'm good. You're not. This is my league. This is my series. This is my game. My team. Um, Tatum showed something this last series. It was very impressive. I still think about when I saw him at the at the Bilo Center here in Greenville as a, as a freshman at Duke. That seems like ages ago. Um, I love Marcus Smart. Texted that to a buddy during the game that I just I I have a a real thrill watching guys who exert themselves so focus and efficiently on on defense. It's cool to see that with Marcus Smart. And then last point I'll make on this series is low key. I don't want to fight Ime Adoka to fight. The guy kind of looks like he could pack a punch. Um, so, uh, moving on. Bucks, Bulls. Giannis is special. We know that. The Bulls crumble under pressure. Next, Sixers, Raptors. I am rooting for Toronto. Apologies to Embiid, who's having a otherwise terrific season for the Sixers. In the MVP, top three. Um, just really, really impactful player for the Sixers. But, uh it, it kind of seems like his thumb might hold him back a little bit at this point. That doesn't seem like a a nothing injury. That seems like that could actually derail a player's performance to some extent, at the very least. And then I'm never going to root for James Harden. So cannot root for the Sixers for that reason. Which actually leads me to uh, this idea that I had watching the Celtics and the Nets the other night. I guess I thought about it more so after the game ended, and I thought about the whole Ben Simmons situation and the fact that they traded for this guy and all season it was a carrot being dangled on a stick that, oh yeah, he's coming back. Oh oh yeah, he's, yeah, yep, he's right around the corner. Yep, getting better every day. Yep, his back's getting better. He's in the right headspace mentally. He's good to go psychologically, physically, whatever. Uh, And yet the dude did not play a single minute of a single NBA game this season. Um, I loved the joke going around that the Celtics should have just tanked to force his hand and see if he would play in Game 5. Gun to my head, he absolutely would not have played Game 5. There's no way that man would have stepped court, would stepped foot on an NBA court this season. He was entirely content to uh, collect a paycheck and sit on the bench, which is <clears throat> just very insulting to me as a basketball fan that somebody would do that. And even more so, uh, I'm going to throw, I'm going to play the as a public educator card here. As, as somebody who I enjoy my job, um, I certainly definitively do not make what an NBA player makes. And it really rubs me the wrong way to watch a guy just collect a paycheck as he sits on the bench and looks like a clown, uh, as Ben Simmons did for game four, when he is supposed to be an NBA player. Because I don't, are we sure Ben Simmons is an NBA player anymore? Um, Which leads me to my point. Uh, So I thought about the all flake team. It sounds a little harsh, but I'll explain my rationing, rationale. Um, The all flake team. (laughs) So I'm going to go with a small ball lineup as I uh, hash out here my uh, all flake team. And what's unintentionally funny is that three of my five-man roster for my all-flake team all played 
for the same team in the same uniform. Well, one of them did not this season. So I'm going to start at point guard, and I'm going to roll with Ben Simmons. Talked about him. Uh, and I'm going to give you some numbers. The guy made $33 million this season. Million. To play in zero NBA games out of a possible 82. Just again, just to reiterate, 33 million, zero games out of 82 possible games. So that's my point guard. Uh, back when he used to play basketball, he had great court vision, fantastic defender. Uh, so that's somebody I want at the top of the key, leading the offense, running the break, uh, guarding the other team's man who's going to bring the ball up the court and potentially their primary playmaker. At the shooting guard position, I'm going to have Kyrie Irving. Uh, again, another Nets player. Kyrie um, makes this squad due to the fact that he chose to sit out such an obscene amount of time this season, all due to the fact that he didn't want to get a vaccine. Uh, you like to respect people's decisions. However, in a team sport, when you are making $34 million, it would be nice if you helped the team on a regular basis. The fact that he did not play for the first three and a half months, what, yeah, I think three and a half months of the season, and then got to play one or two times a week, I'm out on that. I don't want that as a teammate. For that, you make my all-flake team. <clears throat> so just to... Uh, Kind of check in. Let's see where we're at. We've got two players, and we are up to $67 million paid for 29 of a possible 164 NBA games. At the small forward position, again, I'm rolling with a small ball lineup here. I'm going with James Harden. Now, James Harden checks in with the most games played of anybody on my all-flake team at 65 games this season. Congratulations, James Harden. However, you also dipped out on your last two teams and said, screw this, I ain't playing for you guys anymore. So for that, James Harden, congratulations. You make my all-flake team. Next up, at the power forward position, we've got Mr. Kawhi Leonard. <sighs> clapping, 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 clapping. Kawhi Leonard. Congratulations on your zero games played this year. Now, I know Kawhi has some injury stuff, but it's hard not to think that Kawhi was real content to cash in on what the Clippers were willing to pay him this past offseason and then sit around and not play basketball for an entire year. For that, the off-lick team. And for his efforts this season, or lack of effort this season... Kawhi Leonard made $39 million. Hey. I am not sold that I want Kawhi Leonard on my team at this point. The man is cryptic when it comes to when he'll be back on the court. And he doesn't seem to be entirely motivated to get out there and win championships. Uh, this might be a total personal vibe that I get. But he kind of seems to me like he won in San Antonio. And then he went and won in Toronto. And after that, he said, you know what? I did this in two places. I did this for Toronto. You're welcome. I'm good. I'll take this paycheck. 
Now, I'd love to be proven wrong because Kawhi is really good at basketball. And he is fun to watch when he is on. But, dude, let's let's get on the court. Especially for darn near $40 million. And last, rounding out my all-flake lineup, we have Mr. Anthony Data Davis. Yay! Anthony Davis played 40 of 82 games this season for the small, paltry sum of $35 million. Again, I respect and understand that AD has some injuries, but I had him on my fantasy team this year. So I was very well aware of the fact that he had injuries every other half week. He was constantly hurt. And at a certain point, I'm not really sure how that happens uh, with the level of medical attention that these guys get at the NBA level. I feel like he should be on the court a little bit more than he is. Um, so let's let's recap here. We have at the at the one we got Ben Simmons, then Kyrie at the two, our small ball three James Harden, power forward Kawhi, and our center Anthony Davis. Now, this lineup checks in at $185 million payroll. Out of a possible 410 games this season, this lineup played 134 total games. That comes out to about 32% of possible games played this season. Ladies and gentlemen, the all-flake team. Things you could buy instead for that money. I did some looking up this morning. 6.1 million regulation basketballs. You could pay Commissioner Adam Silver's salary for the next 18 seasons. So Michael Jordan has this 56,000 square foot mansion in Chicago. It's been on the market for 10 years and it costs $29 million. So you could buy that and have $150 million left over for the price that it paid to employ these players. You could pay for Twitter at four and a half times what Elon Musk just paid for it at $44 billion. Oh, no, I got the math wrong. Never mind, that was billion. Scratch that. Finally, you could buy lots of gas. All right, we'll end on that. So there it is, my all-flake team. I uh, just thought of that. If those guys want to get mad at me, great. I'm a dude with a mouthpiece uh, or, a, or a, an ability to talk onto his phone. Um, but I just, again, that rankles me that those guys make so much money to not do the one thing that they are gifted with being able to do.